Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jason Ferris. For those of you that haven't met me yet, don't we have an awesome church? We got a great church. I am the youngest of six. I had four brothers and a sister, and my dad had this saying. He said, two boys is half a boy, and three boys is no boy at all. Anybody raise three more boys in here? You know what I'm talking about, right? So I knew this guy. He had three boys, and he was going to go out of town for work, and so he told his oldest son. He said, son, i got to go out of town for a few days. So while I'm gone, you are the man of the house. He said, okay, dad. I'm going to take care of things while you're gone. He's excited. The next day at school, he's talking to some kids at school. He said, my dad's gone and I'm the man of the house. Well, there's this boy at school, and you all know who I'm talking about. It's that boy you don't want your boys hanging out with. He said, well, since you're the man of the house, I'm going to have to teach you how to talk like a man. So he taught him how to talk like a man. So he thought, well, he's going to go home and impress his mama. Show her how he learned to talk like a man. So they're sitting there at breakfast the next morning. He says, Mama, will you pass me one of those bleepity bleep biscuits? And Mama jumped up and slapped him across the face and said, Boy, you watch your mouth. Well, see, he had taught his other two brothers how to talk like a man too. And the middle brother, he wasn't real sharp. But he thought, well, he did something wrong. I know what he did. He didn't ask nicely. He said, Mama... Will you please pass me one of those bleepity bleep biscuits? She dumped up and slapped him. Said, boy, you watch your mouth. Well, the the youngest brother, he's sitting over there. He's not real sure what to do. Finally, mama looks at him and she says, "Uh, son, would you like something to eat? He says, well, I know one thing for sure, mama. I do not want any of those bleepity bleep biscuits. (laughs) Sometimes we got to watch our mouth, don't we? Mark Twain said it this way. He said, it's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open it and remove all doubt. Can I get an amen to that? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. This is Jesus talking and he says something that I've really just been meditating on and thinking about. And it's what we're going to learn about today. He said, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. What's an idle word? He's saying any useless and careless word. And he's not just talking about those words. What he's actually saying is even the words that you think are insignificant, everything that you say, every word that comes out of your mouth, you're going to give an account for on the date of judgment. It's a warning. He's saying, be careful. He said, watch your mouth. You see, the words that we speak are seeds. And we know this because the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. How do you get fruit? Fruit comes from a seed, right? That's the definition of a fruit. That's what it is. It's something that a plant produces that has the seeds so it can reproduce. Our words are seeds. Every word that comes out of your mouth, it's a seed. You're planting, you're planting, you're planting. You can't have fruit without a seed, right? Just imagine every word that comes out of your mouth is a seed. 
Every word. Think about how many words you say in a day. All the seeds that you're planting as you go around. Everywhere you go, planting seeds, planting seeds. Just think about it for a minute. That image on the screen, does that make it more real? We don't see our words, but they're seeds and they're going out every single time we open our mouth. You know, and I, I don't know about you, y'all probably better at this than me, but I say some dumb stuff. Anybody here say dumb stuff? I've heard some people say some dumb stuff. This is the kind of dumb stuff that we say. I'm not saying that you say it or that I say it, but just in general, we say dumb stuff like, I hate my job. Well, I'm not surprised. Or my boss, I hate my boss. He's a jerk. I hate working at this company. Bad things always happen to me. Well, sounds like it. Or nothing good ever happens to me. Or I'm never going to get this debt paid off. Probably not. Right? Or my husband, he's never going to change. Probably not. You keep talking like that, right? Or my wife, she's crazy. Yeah, she has to live with you. <laughs> huh? My kids, they're so lazy. Well, where'd they learn how to work? Right? Our words, they're seeds. Yeah. Every time we open our mouth, yeah. what's coming out of our mouth? I don't have any good friends. Or I just can't make friends. Or everybody talks about me behind my back. What kind of seeds are you planting? Our words are seeds. And there's a principle that we see throughout Scripture from the beginning of the Bible to the very end. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. What are we sowing? We're sowing seeds. What are we reaping? We're reaping the fruit, right? Paul said to the Galatians, chapter 6, verse 7, he summed it up in one sentence. The most important thing that I'll say today, if you don't remember anything else, you remember this verse. Do not be deceived. I think the book of Galatians could have been the book to the church in America. Could have called the Americans. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. What have you been sowing? What's been coming out of your mouth? If you're like me, you're probably thinking, man, I need to pray for crop failure. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I need to pray for crop failure almost every day. Please do not let that stuff come up. Lord, help me. Yeah. Just imagine if you're driving down the highway and you get up to Rush Springs to the watermelon stand and the farmer's over there scratching his head looking out in his field and you walk up and you say, what's, what's the matter? They say, well, look at that, look at that field. And so you look out there and you say, well, what's wrong with your field? It's full of broccoli. And you say, well, yeah, I've never seen a broccoli field, but sure enough, that's what you got. And you say, well, what, what seems to be the problem? Well, I didn't want broccoli, I wanted watermelons. And you say, okay, well, did you plant watermelons? Well, no, all I had was broccoli seed, but I wanted watermelons. Yeah. Think about it. And you'd look at the farmer and be like, what in the world is the matter with you? 
But we do the same thing every day. We look around and we wonder why. We wanted watermelons and we wonder why broccoli's growing in our life, right? We want to harvest one thing, but we're sowing something else, and then we're confused about why this is happening. Do not be deceived. God will not be bought. A man will sow what he reaps, right? We've got to start paying attention to what we say. Every word is significant. That's what the Word of God says. Everything we say is significant. April 7th, 1994, there was a major event in world history. If you're a history buff, you probably already know what I'm talking about. I was a sophomore in high school, and in a small country in Africa called Rwanda, there were two groups of people, the Hutus and the Tutsis. They did not like each other, but the Hutus really hated the Tutsis. And so, beginning April 7th, 1994, and lasting for exactly 100 days, 800,000 Tutsis were killed by the Hutus, just because they were Tutsis, and they didn't like them. That's one man, woman, or child every 10 seconds for 100 days straight, 24-7. Some estimates even say it was closer to a million. They don't know for sure. Every 10 seconds. How do you think something like that happens where one group of people comes to hate another group of people so much that you can kill 800,000 of them? They killed them with guns. They killed them with machetes. They killed them with sticks. They killed them any way they could kill them. It was horrible. Some of you may have seen the movie they made about it called Hotel Rwanda. That's what we're talking about. A hundred days. But it didn't start on April 7th, 1994. It started long before that. See, the Hutus had political power and they had control of the media outlets, the newspaper and the radio. They started calling the Tutsis in Yenzi. And Yenzi was their word for cockroach. The Tutsis are in Yenzi, and Yenzi, and Yenzi, over and over and over. And pretty soon, all the Hutus are calling Tutsis in Yenzi. Then you can take the next step. So what do you do when you have cockroaches? You call the exterminator, right? It's an infestation that needs to be exterminated. That's exactly how it happened. The genocide happened. It started... Not on April 7th with guns and machetes and sticks and bats and whatever else. It started long before that with words. Because you can't convince one group of people to kill another group of people unless you dehumanize them. You've got to use your words to dehumanize them. It happened in Nazi Germany. They're the inferior race. That's what they said about the Jews. They called them the worthless eaters. That's how it started. Millions of Jews were killed all over Europe. It started with words. What seeds are we sowing? There's still the worst genocide in the history of the world, and it's even happened in America. It's ongoing today. It really ramped up around 1973. And it started because we said, well, it's just a clump of cells. just a zygote, if you're a scientist. I'm a biology major. I have a degree in biology. It's just a zygote. It's just an embryo. 
It's just a fetus. No, it's a human being created in the image of the Almighty God in the mother's room, and He knew them before they were ever conceived. But you know how we killed 60 million of them since 1973? Our words. 60 million. We don't call them human beings anymore. I'm not saying that you don't, but the world's not. That's how it happens. Our words. I see dangerous rhetoric being cultivated in our society today, especially in the political sphere. You heard this word deplorables? It's dehumanizing. And it's coming from both sides because you've heard this other word called snowflakes. Snowflake's not a human, right? You may say, oh, it's just, it's no big deal. What happened in Rwanda could never happen here. If you think that, then you're already deceived. We've got to learn to watch our mouths. These are not just useless, careless words that we speak. We're going to give an account for every single one someday. And they're seeds. What do you want to see harvested around you? Even with people that you don't like. Your words are seeds. So you say, well, Jason, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, I think the first thing we do is we need to pray. We need to pray. And the psalmist prayed a prayer in Psalm 1914. I'm going to read it to you. And I think it's a prayer that we all need to pray every day. I need it. Every day when I get up, I need to say, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Why does he say, and the meditation of my heart? Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you know you can tell the condition of somebody's heart? Just talking to them for a few minutes. Because what comes out of their mouth will tell you exactly what it's like in there. You don't speak something out of your mouth that you don't believe in your heart. So we've got to get both of them right with the Lord, right? Paul told the Ephesians... In chapter 4, verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Edification is encouragement. He said, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. Well, how do we know if a word's corrupt? How about you just speak the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, right? Jesus is the incorruptible seed, the word of God. Speak that out of your mouth. So you're saying, well, Jason, or you want me to go around this every time somebody comes up to me? You just say, well, Ephesians 4.29 says, well, you might get a little bit annoying. I don't know that I'd do it that way. But if you hide the Word of God in your heart when you speak, those principles will come out of your mouth. Did you know that? Because you're planting that in the soil of your heart, and that out of the heart the mouth will speak. And when you're speaking the Word of God, Jesus is the Word, right? He's full of grace and truth. It imparts grace to the hearers, right? That's how that works. That's how we're supposed to talk. Let no corrupt word come out of our mouth. Let the incorruptible word come out of our mouth. That it may impart grace to those who hear it. So what do you want to harvest? If you don't want broccoli, don't plant broccoli. If you want watermelons, you plant some watermelons. I like me some watermelon. Broccoli's not my favorite. I'll eat it. If you want watermelons, you've got to plant watermelons. How about 
start planting the seeds that you want to see harvested in your life. Why don't you tell your kids, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that I get to be your mom or I get to be your dad. You're so good at blank, fill in the blank, something that they're good at. Tell your spouse, you're an, such an awesome smoking hot wife or husband. Tell them, I love the way you take care of our family. I love the way you provide for our family. You're seeds. You're planting seeds. I'm so glad I get to be your husband or your wife. I'm so glad I get to do life with you. About your work. They're saying, man, I love this place. I love my job. Tell your boss. Some of y'all think, well, now you're, now you're being a brown noser. Say what you want. I'm planting seeds. Tell my boss, I like working for you. You're a great boss. Plant seeds. I used to work at an office in Oklahoma City, and everybody that I worked with hated our supervisor. Some of them maybe just strongly disliked her. Some of them may really hated her. But I just always thought positive things and spoke positive. I did what she asked me to do, and I never had any trouble. But the more they talked bad, the more they reaped a harvest that they didn't like. They're standing in the middle of a broccoli field wondering why they didn't have watermelons. What you say matters. What about yourself? I think this is probably the hardest one for most of us. What seeds are you planting in your own heart about yourself? You talk bad about yourself when nobody's around? Some of you do it when people are around. It's awkward. We think you're pretty awesome. You need to tell yourself what the Word says. You need to tell yourself, I am loved. I think in that song, Wendy just sang, it said, I'm lovely. I am loved. I am blessed. The Bible says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I am gifted. God's given you all a gift. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit too. I am chosen. You know he chose you before the foundations of the world? I have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. I am free. You feel like you're in bondage? You need to start speaking freedom over that. Jesus came to proclaim freedom for the captives. I am free. I am healed. I am redeemed. I have the favor and grace and mercy of God on me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That's what the Word of God says about you. What are you saying about you? You playing corrupt seed in your heart or are you playing the incorruptible Word of God in your heart? What about the mountain in your life? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about the Rocky Mountains. I'm talking about the insurmountable thing that's like right in front of your face and you wonder how in the world are we going to overcome this? You know what I do? A lot of times I go to God and I whine about it. Anybody do that? It's not very manly. It's not very attractive. But I just go and whine about this mountain. Guess what happens? Absolutely nothing. You know why? God didn't tell you to whine about the mountain. You go to God and whine about the mountain and he's going to say absolutely nothing back to you probably. 
He's going to point you back to what the book says. The book says to speak to your mountain. Not whine about it. You got to speak to it. You got to use your words, right? Why don't you say, I will pay off my debt. I will. My prodigal child will return. Somebody needs to say that today. My prodigal child will return. My whole household will be saved. Some of you got family members you've been praying for, you just need to start proclaiming it. My whole household will be saved. That relationship will be restored. You got broken relationships in your life? God wants to restore those. Some of you need to say, my God will protect me everywhere I go. Some of you fear has got a hold of you. You need to go read Psalm 91. Start saying, my God will protect me everywhere I go. You need to speak to it and stop whining about it, right? What words are you speaking about your situation? Some of you right now are thinking that I'm crazy. Said, those things sound great, but you don't know my reality, Jason. And that stuff's just not the truth. I can't say it. It's not true. Really? What is the truth? Is what you see the truth? Is what you feel? This is is where we get in trouble. Is what we feel the truth? Our feelings are real, but I guarantee you 99% of the time they are not based on the truth. This is the truth. God's the one that said to call things that are not as though they are. God looked into the void and the darkness. There wasn't anything there. And he said, light be. Boom. There it was. He called something that was not as though it was. You need to do that in your life. And your words are seeds that have the power to produce the harvest that you need. But so many of us are speaking words based on what we see and not based on what the Word of God says. We've got to change the way we speak. We've got to watch our mouth, right? Everything that exists came to be by the spoken Word of God. So what are you going to use your words for? You're going to use them for good or for evil? You're going to use them to encourage somebody else or to discourage them? Are you going to use them to build up or are you going to use them to tear down? Are you going to speak life? Or are you going to speak death? Some of you are sitting in your seat right now and you're contemplating the words that you've used. Maybe even this morning. That's okay. You realize you need to repent. That's a good thing. To repent just means to change the way you think. We all need to change the way we think about what we say. Would you agree? I know I do. We just need to repent. Change the way we think about our words. We need to line up our thinking with the Word of God. We can't change until we know something's wrong. So it's good to realize that there's a problem. There's something wrong. See, the truth is, there's something wrong with all of us starts the day we're born. It's called sin. And there's only one way 
There's only one way. There's only one way to escape its stronghold. Paul said it this way to the Romans. It's the simplest way I can tell you. He said, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's simple. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart and you will be saved. Why not just believe in your heart? Can I just believe in my heart? Do I have to confess it with my mouth? Well, I think it's in there for a reason. Because if you believe something in your heart, you're going to confess it with your mouth. The Bible already said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you believe it in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. And I love what Brother Jim said this morning. We're not going to leave here today without giving you an opportunity to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want to save, you've got to believe in your heart that Jesus is God's only Son. That you deserve to die because of your sin, but He died in your place instead for the sins of the world. But He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave so that you could have life. And you've got to confess it with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. If you believe that today, even if you're believing it for the very first time, I want you to say, Jesus is Lord. What did you say? I can't hear you. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you believe it. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want everybody to stand to their feet. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.